Hello and welcome to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin. Thank you so much for joining us again. Do you sometimes feel like you're caught in a time warp? I mean, CRT, DEI, all the other acronyms for you know LGBTQ. It dawns on me that this is history repeating itself. Being older, I feel like I'm stuck in the 1960s. That's the battle, it's just got different names. And I was looking through some of my old files because I go back a long ways doing this. And I found a piece that I did when Trump was first in office and the country was losing their mind, or not the country, but certainly the, the liberals and the, uh, the, you know, sort of the radical feminists, et cetera, et cetera. And it really felt at the time, now this has got to go back, what, eight years? And we just finished Obama. So I want to play for you to show you that this battle's been going on a long time, right? Trump versus the 1960s. We're going to play a little slice for you. President Trump versus the 1960s, or so it seems to me. Because when I watch the news these days, I swear that I'm back in 1968. Because that was really the last time that there was this much self-destructive, violent protest in the country. Remember the 60s? It was anti-war, anti-authority, anti-police, and anti-American. Much like it is now. Sounds a lot like today. This time, however, there's no tune in, turn on, and drop out. There's no flower power, and sadly, no free love, as there was in the 60s. Today's protests are obviously much different in many respects. And what they really are, when you see through all the, the smokescreen, it's really nothing about changing society. It's about keeping the entrenched entitlement that the progressives have enjoyed for eight years under President Obama. It's not about changing at all. It's about staying the hard left course that the country's been on for the last eight years. Now, the mainstream media, they'd have you believe that this is all about how angry the people are and what a bad person or president Donald Trump is. The truth is what we're really witnessing, in my opinion, is the final chapter in the battle for the heart and soul of America. It's the last dying gasp of aging hippies and secular progressives from the 1960s. By the way, we used to call them communists and socialists, which I'm sure is politically incorrect. These are the people that came of age in the 60s, and the angry mobs that the media is, the media is so fixated on really is just today's youth being misled by a bunch of secular progressive globalist beatniks, as far as I can tell, in their last grasp to hold on to power. It's vintage Saul Alinsky and rules for radicals. And when you look, right, what are we witnessing on the campuses, in the streets, uh, in front of the White House, and elsewhere across the country, is directly connected to the radical protests that were first spawned by the youth in the 1960s. There used to be the Weather Underground in Bel Airs. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember the Weather Underground, SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, and the Black Panthers. Now we have Occupy Wall Street, MoveOn.org, and Black Lives Matters. I mean, nothing's changed. There were radical leftist student groups in the 60s, and there are radical leftist groups today. The real difference is that in the 60s, there was no internet and no social media to fuel that mob rule mentality that you see today, but not in the 60s. Today, it permeates everything. 
You know, they use buzzwords, right? Racism, bigotry, hate crime, terms that are not only inaccurate, but they're irresponsible and needlessly inflammatory. See, what they really mean is they will not accept any policy outcome or conversation that deviates one iota from their dogmatic orthodoxy. When they speak of tolerance and when they speak of diversity, what they really mean is they're only tolerant of others who think like they do and act like they do, and their only embrace of diversity is based on non-white skin color and country of origin. Tell me again who the racists are here. One needs to look no further. Remember that women's march they just had in society? Women's march, except all women were invited, except, surprisingly, not those who were pro-life. Big shocker there. So the culmination of the far-left progressive ascendancy to the halls of power was, of course, Barack Hussein Obama, who ushered in an eight-year reign that the progressive haven't seen for a century since Woodrow Wilson, right, a century ago, and opened the door President Obama did. He pushed class warfare through that hard, his hard-left economic policies, all the while stoking the fires of civil unrest, right? I mean, to a level nobody's seen since the 60s. When was the last time police and law enforcement officers were openly targeted for assassination? I mean, think about that. President Obama's selective application of the law and his embrace of groups like Black Lives Matters directly attributed to the erosion of the public trust in law enforcement. And if race was involved, oh boy, if race was involved, who was always the first one to point out? Just who to blame was, right? Thank you, President Obama. So that was 2016. I don't have the exact date, but nothing has really changed other than the woke left, right? Who now control culture. So we are now the counter-revolutionaries, believe it or not, right? 1960s, they were the counter-revolutionaries, right? Angela Davis, which we talked about with Dr. James Lindsay and the direct line to Barack Obama right and his presidency and the division and the divisiveness and every way to i mean what they've done is they've replaced like traditional communism was class warfare now that's not the root the root is race warfare and everything through that prism but again you're seeing now the radicals of the 60s who i still think are nothing more than you know the hippies of the 60s that now control education and the other culture right playing this through so nothing has changed, but the difference is, I think America's tired and we're starting to fight back. More on that later in the show. Folks, we'll be right back with the main segment of the show. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin with... Erica Reddick. Thank you for joining us again, folks. So, Erica, we are the counterculture. It never really dawned on me that we're the counterculture, yeah. but we really are the counterculture. I mean, think about it. So, our boy Oliver Anthony, not only does he have the most downloads on Apple, but he hit the Billboard Top 100s chart. Ooh-wee. Nice. Right? right? I don't know if he's number one, but he's up there, and maybe, Lord Benjamin, Good. you can figure out where he is. But that shows you the resistance to all of this, because... Mm juxtaposed to that guess what guess what else is going on tell me masks are back wait what like M like it's like the stupid covid paper masks that never worked in the first place 
Well, I don't mean Halloween masks. Why are masks back? So there's a college in Georgia, in Atlanta, that just is now requiring kids to and its faculty to wear masks, not because there's been any cases of COVID, but, but because, because they've they heard that they that, look that, at that, your ugly face. Well, first of all, look. So Dr. Bruce, you know, Dr. Bruce Abramson, who's been on the show, right? And my face is not ugly. I'm going right by that comment. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, we'll see who has the last laugh. Yet. Not just, your ugly uh, face, but, you know, like the royal you. Well, I thought no, it was the royal we, I thought it was the royal we, but we'll go there. So if you remember, Dr. Bruce Abramson said that yeah. he actually sees masks as sort of a religious garb, right? That's forced mm. upon you by this new religion of wokeism. Yeah. And that's an interesting yeah, thing, yeah. but 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 more tertiary, which is this college in Atlanta, and I can pull it up real quick. So the college in Atlanta, let's see, is called, I gotta, uh, where's my college in Atlanta? There he is. So this is the Morris Brown College began classes last week and require all students to wear masks and employees. Quote, officials say there have been no confirmed COVID-19 cases among its students, but they have received reports from other schools in the Atlanta University Center. So they're back. So it's not like we haven't done enough damage to our children last time around, but now they're going to try to do this a second time. And I'm just thinking that there's a lot of fight left in this country. They're not going to take it anymore. No, I think people, there have been too many studies at this point that have come out that showed not only were masks not effective at all, they were actually harmful and of course they worse were. off. I don't understand how any university is getting away with mandating something that has now been proven to be ineffective and in some cases harmful. Excuse me, when did facts ever matter to the Democrats? They've oh. never argued facts. They've always argued emotion. And by the way, I'll give you something else, right? Okay. The Biden administration is buying, there's, there's now evidence that the Biden administration is buying COVID-19 equipment and already hiring pandemic, quote, safety protocol enforcers. Well, uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> excuse you gotta, me you gotta keep up this is quick you know what i mean yeah so so basically what this is and by the way your friend dr james Lindsay, is yeah. all over twitter and social media warning about this as well that they're going to try the same crap again yep come the winter time yeah in an effort to again cow the public into you know following and you know again they're going to try to curtail liberties and they're going to extend it as far as they can. I don't know this for a fact. I'm not a fortune teller, right? Which I guess wouldn't be facts, but you get the idea. So masks we, we need, are back, oh, go folks. Ahead. That's what I heard that they are prepping for lockdowns again. And I was like, who's prepping for that? Who's going to fall for that nonsense? Like, is like anybody at this point who who goes along with any more lockdowns masks vaccine mandates or any of that stuff you know it's like you are in a bubble you are you are an ill-informed uneducated person because at wait, this wait a minute point, wait, wait a minute i'm not don't insult everybody because fear works right 
That's that's what this is. This is fear based to control everyone. But let's not forget. Yeah, but with the all real the information cost- that's come out. I mean, well, I don't know it, it, how you can still think any of this stuff is effective. Uh, right. Look, I I get it. And folks, go to our website. You'll see a video we put together on the real cost of lockdowns. It's about a 30-second mm. video. But the bottom line is that the cost of lockdowns to our children, to our society, to our freedoms, Erica, they're not going to do it. I mean, they're going to try it again. I think that's a bridge too far. We'll see what happens. But I'm warning everybody they're coming. Now, let's, let's mm. move on to something else. Because the other thing okay. I want to talk about is this whole culture war thing. Mm. So I made a list of all the different areas that our culture as we traditionally understood it being attacked. So let me, let me read you the list and let me see if I'm missing anything. So education is under attack. We know that fiscal policy, right? We just got downgraded, right? And then, you know, the, the federal, you know, the budget deficit that we have, uh, right? Racism, obviously identity politics now rules everything. The military is being weakened. The media is now, is now, um, in cahoots for lack of a better term with the establishment because they are the establishment. Yeah. There's attack on the, the courts and the legitimacy. There's the weaponization of all aspects of the legal system when they're not defunding it, right? And then there's freedom of expression or free speech, freedom of assembly, which is all under attack. So when you yeah. look at these different areas, this is a culture. I mean, how do you say we're not at war? I I don't know the only way you can say that is if you are disengaged i i think from the any of the processes um and i do i do know a ton of people who don't pay any attention to politics they are not online they do not watch the news um you know i wonder how many of our listeners out there how much feedback i've gotten as an example from friends of ours you know, people who watch the show, listen to the podcast, um, you know, check out the radio show. They're playing our content for their friends and family. They're playing it in their workplaces and their coworkers. I'm getting this direct feedback. Their coworkers have never heard some of the stuff that we're talking about, Robert. And none of it is new, but they don't know that it's happening. And so, I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know either. But what I do know, I can tell you, is very simple. This is a repeat of Obama. I mean, they're going for it, right? There's no question that the progressive left because there really is no more left right it's the it's yeah. the extreme part of the left i mean you've got joe biden falling asleep in maui when he's talking to the survivors oh in gosh. maui i mean how yeah. embarrassing is that now and joe biden once upon a time even though he is a absolutely um flagrant liar to a scale i've never <laughs> seen on most politicians yeah i finished second in my class uh-huh which class was that kindergarten um but you know, the Scoop Jacksons, the Sam Nuns, the, 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 you know, the blue dog Democrats that would be moderately left of center are gone. Yeah. You know, the party, yeah. and we made this argument in 2020 when AOC, when, you know, AOC was, you know, making her run and, and well, she wasn't running for president, but Bernie was and AOC was ascending, right? That kind of thing. Right. Is yeah. that 
Joe Biden was going to be holding to the people that got him elected, which was the extreme left of the party. And lo and behold, that's what's driving the agenda here. Yeah. But I want to go back to this culture war thing. So of all of these things, to you, I just want your opinion, which is the most egregious of all these areas? Because there's the attacks in so many areas. Mm. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, you know, I, golly. That's, Don't think too hard. That, Come on. This is... This is like a Rorschach test. I want a quick answer. Don't think. Just answer. I think the um I think the Supreme Court, I think the attacks on the Supreme Court and the legitimacy of our uh of our legal system is going to be the thing that is the has the greatest effect, has the greatest opportunity to really harm Americans. Um, I think people have known for a long time that they can't really trust the news media. Um, and it's easy enough to get other sources, right? Like you can go find other places to get your information. You can go to podcasts, you can do whatever, but you know, like Lord Reddick and I, as an example, are the victims of a woke judicial system. Really long story short, we had a case in Vermont that went all the way to the Vermont Supreme Court and they ruled against us in favor of the city of Burlington. And they literally, literally, I am not exaggerating. I am not being hyperbolic, which you know I love to do. You know I love to get all <laughs> you whatever. Mean, you mean like you're doing now? <laughs> right now, okay? So I love exaggerating uh, and being dramatic, but the right. court literally said in their opinion, yeah, the city of Burlington is doing something illegal, but we're going to allow it against you anyway, and we're ruling in favor of the city. And it totally screwed us over. And that I know of at least two other cases where they did that. So I think the attack on the courts is absolutely the most dangerous. And I agree it's dangerous. I would actually go to the lowest common denominator is the attack on law and a nation of laws because laws, mm. I mean, I agree with you, but to me it's nation. Yeah. We're a nation of laws. And if you want to radically transform society, you go after the laws because that's the last yeah. line of defense. And therefore you go after the people that enforce the laws, i.e. law enforcement. We are getting the high sign from Lord Benjamin. We have to go to break. Folks, you are listening to Of the People with Robert Chernin and Erica Reddick, and we will be right back. Socialism. The goal of socialism is communism. The world is quite familiar with socialism and the horrors socialism has brought with it. It wasn't that long ago. Actually, it's still with us. Socialism creeps into government slowly until it's too late. Socialism, the big lie. Yes, it could happen anywhere. This educational video was brought to you by the American Center for Education and Knowledge and paid for by people like you who care about the future of our democracy. Please help us continue our work educating the American public and consider supporting ASIC by making a tax-deductible donation at asicfund.org. Hello, and welcome back to Of the People. 
I am Robert Chernin with my lovely co-host. Erica Reddick. Yes, you are. Erica, culture war. Yeah. You know how we're talking about people fighting back? Uh-huh. I was so, I don't think excited was the word, but I was so happy to see. So there was this couple in Massachusetts, a devoutly Catholic couple who went to adopt a child. Oh, And they yeah. were denied because, we talked about it, remember? Yep, yep. Right? And I heard about this on the news, yep. And they're suing the state, the, I love the it. department. Absolutely. So what the state says, and let me pull this up. So this, so their names are Michael and Catherine Burke. So Michael and Catherine Burke, we hope you succeed. And we hope that the state not only has to give you a foster child, but has to pay you a lot of money in the process because only when you hurt their wallets do they really care about Jack, right? Yep. So basically, you know, in the lawsuit, they said, you know, we believe that children should not undergo procedures that attempt to change their God-given sex, and they uphold Catholic beliefs about marriage and sexuality. And because of that, because they would not, quote, unquote, they were denied over concerns they would not be, quote, affirming to a child who identified as LGBTQ. So, yeah. so this is a theory, right? It wasn't like they had a child and the child identified. It was... You won't even say, you know, into that question. So in theory, since you do not espouse the right religion and Catholicism is evil, we're going to deny your application. Yeah. I mean, that is the inevitable outcome of saying that of adding all these woke questions like, you know, because now when you go to adopt somebody, it's like, Oh, well, how will you be affirming and what will you do and whatever? And so automatically, if you are a Christian or a Judeo-Christian Muslim, denied. You know, if you overcook chicken, you go to jail. You have religious beliefs, <laughs> you go to jail. I mean, that's what it, that's where we're at now. So it was there. It, religious discrimination was inevitable once these questions started being added to any questionnaire or consideration. So, but is it me, or don't don't you see a connection between sort of this intolerance? Because that's what it is, right? If you don't believe my way, I mean, in the old right, the old used to be, if you don't believe my way, you're damned and you're going to hell. I mean, yeah. at, at this point, you're not damned and going to hell, but, you know, you're either going to be denied services or we're going to turn off your electricity, you know, because, yeah. you know, you can't eat meat, right? But yeah. do you see a direct link to this whole mask mandate that's that was and is now about to be again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is a religious garb. It is the equivalent of wearing a yarmulke or anything else. It is your evidence your outward display of being a part of this religious entity it is absolutely what it is and you know it when you walk around places like burlington vermont and you see people by themselves outside with a mask on a church street wait, wait you want to know my favorite my Tell favorite me. was i was driving on an interstate in the summer recently right and I passed a guy. I'm a fast driver. I'm sorry. You know, I'm from Jersey. I have a lead foot. <laughs> I pass a guy in a convertible by himself with the top down wearing a mask. What? <laughs> Why? God is, my, God is my witness. It was oh on Interstate God. 91 
just south of Brattleboro, Vermont. So you're still in the Vermonster stuff, right? Oh, the guy yeah. is driving. He must have been doing 70 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour. He had a little uh, Mazda Miata. Okay. Right? Red. And he's driving with the top down, wearing a mask by himself in the car. I think that's going to make really weird tan lines. <laughs> Sorry. As, <laughs> what, you're going to have a tan forehead and then the rest of your face is going to be not tan. That will also be evidence that you're part of the cult, I think. Well, it is interesting when you see people now walking around with a, with a mask when they don't have to. I mean, look, if you have a medical condition and you're concerned about it, I understand the mask thing. I still have friends. I don't. I still have friends who actually I do have friends. Don't I'm changing sentences. The one friend, <laughs> um, two friends, I, um, maybe two, only about two. But I still have <laughs> friends who, when they travel on an airplane, wear a mask. I do not wear a mask. I do take other precautions. I don't wear a mask, obviously. So I get it in certain instances, right? But when you see someone walking in the sidewalk and the whole intolerance, and let's not forget, at the height of mask mania, right? It's a good word. Don't you think mask yeah. mania? Yeah. At the height All of like mask the mania, there were people that were yelling at you and screaming at you. And you're, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, and you were ostracized or you were canceled or you wouldn't oh, yeah. wear a mask. So you can't go to this place. Please leave our restaurant because you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. Religious zealots, absolute religious zealots. These yeah. are, you know, it's the pendulum swing. I think that's inevitable, right? So back in the day, the, if you were a religious person, you were screaming and cussing everybody out about how they were going to hell and how they were terrible. And then that creates the flower power movement of the 60s and 70s where we're just going to go have sex and we're going to completely just... Um, go against all of those religious beliefs and all of those religious foundations. And now it's like a, another pendulum swing, right? It's just... I hope so. I hope so. I think we're going Look, like this. Rich man north of Richmond, right? Try that in a small town. The songs are starting to move. The couples are fighting back. I'll tell you something else. Under religious warfare, do you see the bill that Washington State signed? Which so one? It's... it's, it's well, well, good point. There's a lot of them. So yeah. it was the Senate Bill 5559, 5599, I'm sorry, not that anyone needs numbers. Basically what the bill said, signed by Governor Inslee in Washington State, the bill basically said that if a child wants to get a um, gender-affirming care and you know mm. transition to whatever, um, yeah. they do not have to notify the parents and they will do it without the parents' knowledge. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I'm speechless. Well, I'm not really, but I mean, I mean, it's amazing to me. I mean, as a parent, you're not allowed. Let me see if I got this right. So as a parent, you're not allowed to know what they're being taught in school. You're not allowed to be, know what bathrooms they use or who else is using the bathroom. You're not allowed to know if they're going for an abortion. You're not allowed to know if they're, if they're transgendering because children, of course, are mature enough to make up their mind, but children are not mature enough to pay back their student loans they're not mature enough to drive they're not mature enough to serve in the military they're right. not mature enough to make life or death decisions but they're mature enough to be able to make a gender affirming decision because they're being proselytized by the culture and the education and parents aren't supposed to know about it am i missing well, remember, something remember they're not your children right they they don't belong to you <sighs> according to this woke religion right I did not 
Uh, yep. They don't belong to mm -hmm. you. They are autonomous human beings who can make their own decisions. And you don't have any rights as a parent to say yay or nay. You have to just go along with whatever they say or do. And uh, and the school's in charge. And so, uh, so the is that what this is? Are the, in charge. This is it takes. a. So this is another version of it takes a village. Uh, yeah, the village is responsible, uh, even though they're not going to pay the consequences they're not going to be around when that person uh is dealing with their suicidal ideology they're not going to be there for taking care of them with the inevitable medical problems that are going to come from any of this um okay. but uh okay. you know okay. What else? okay so you know to me it is i mean again as much as I tell you logic and facts don't apply with the left, you and I unfortunately <laughs> fall back into that category that we're logical. At least I am most of the time. You Cut it not out. so much all the time, but it, it depends. depends. I when mean, you get I on am a, a woman. It is that extra uh, X chromosome. Let's be real. It is that what that is? It is. Are, are we going to do a it's, science and biology? Is there a science and biology quiz later? It's not my fault. I take no responsibility. <laughs> By the way, on. on under, yeah, okay. Under the heading I, of not my fault, I want to give you one more thing on this whole religious war. I mean, you okay. want to go from the absurd to the ridiculous. Yes. So let me see if I got this name right. I don't want to screw it up. Diane Aronsaft. She is the chief of psychology and mental health director at the University of California, oh, San God. Francisco Hospital. Oh, God. She basically has come out and said- she said that trans kids are, are now identifying as minotaurs as part of the gender revolution, and that's okay. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, do you know what a minotaur is? Come on. The, Where's like, your Greek mythology? Bull, the bull, right, and human? No, no. The or... minotaur is is a horse on the bottom and a human. Oh, right, right, right. The, right. Greek mythology. Yes, yes. Okay. So so now this is, you, you, you can't make this up. She's. Here's what she said. Wait. I wait. Come on, come on. I lo I love. Okay, okay. She said. Okay. I totally agree. We are in the midst of a gender revolution, and the children are leading it, and it's a wonderful thing. And it's also humbling to know that children know. That, <laughs> wait, wait. And children know more than we do about this topic of being gender expansive, right? She goes on to say that there are that kids can identify as gender hybrids, which include a myth mythology-inspired creature called a gender minotaur, and that kids can change their genders by season and can have different identities depending on their location. I give All up. the more reason, oh my I God! Oh I my give God, up. all the I more mean, reason why we shouldn't be chemically castrating them or cutting off body parts. What in the... I, oh my God, I almost swore. I, I, ah, my brain hurts. Make wait, it stop. Wait. Oh, come on. She goes on to say, this is, I mean, look, if this wasn't so messed up, I would, I would, I would drop, you know, a different word here, but they'd bleep me out. But if this wasn't so messed up, it would almost be funny, right? But it's really not. So she goes on to say, she goes, I started meeting a whole bunch of other gender hybrids. And so we have gender Prius, which I assume is a car, 
Just kidding. Um, We have gender minotaur, she said. And most of the kids who are gender minotaurs love mermaids. So make sure you have a lot of mermaid books if you really think about it. It works. So now we're going to, what, cut off their legs and give them... I don't know. I can't make heads or tails. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Benjamin. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're going to have to bleep that out. What in the actual... I... What? So what are we going to... Are we going to, like... Are we going to synthesize? Are we going to, like, weld a person onto a freaking horse now? Wait, I don't, you're what smart. does that even mean? Hey, so you know the secret of this show? The secret of this show is a lot of times I just bring stuff up so you can help me interpret it because I am like Circopithecoidea. I'm Cro-Magnum man. I'm like this caveman kind of guy. <laughs> and when I read crap like this, I go, and, and you know the thing that stands out in all of this? Don't forget, this is the director. She's the, she is, what's the title? Hang on a second. Where am I? Director of psychology. She's the chief of psychology and the mental health director at the University of California, San Francisco Hospital. This is the director. This is why everyone (laughs) is so sick and, and, and struggling and still suicidal. When the people in charge of psychology, the people who are in charge of mental health, who are supposed to be helping you, um, you know, with like figuring out, uh, what you believe and, and, and helping you be stable and happy and like whatever they're psychos. Oh my God. And then we wonder why everyone is a psycho. Right. So those of you who are watching, this is what I have to say. I just like, I mean, I can't, I mean, you sit there and we just, you, thro- we're just you, throwing our papers. You can't even handle you, it. You, well, it just, you know, first of all, one of the best pieces of advice that I got is you should never take advice from someone who's more messed up than you are. Mm. Right. And you personify that. So this woman is the director of psychology and, and heads up the, the department at the hospital. And this, is, by the way, maybe that's why everyone's leaving San Francisco. They're making room for the Minotaurs. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you Minotaurs know, everyone, of the world unite. Everyone that I know that has studied psychology in college and gone on to be a mental health professional, every single one of them has some story about how they were traumatized as a young person. And that's why they went into psychology. I guarantee, ask anybody you know who's a psychologist, therapist, whatever. Erica. Erica, 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 Erica. Robert. I defy you to name one person who, if they look back on their childhood, didn't have a traumatic experience on some level or another. I'm not equating all this. You know, there are children that are sexually abused by their parents or, 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 or punishment. So I'm not trying to equate everything. But everyone has trauma in their life as a child and growing up. That's part of the rite of passage. And again, you know, look, you know me. I am intolerant of, of you know, child abuse, sex abuse. I mean, my solution yeah. is basically, you know, if a parent abuses a kid, you should, you know, tie their hands and feet and throw them off a boat, uh, you know, and just let them sink to the bottom of the ocean. So, I mean, I have zero tolerance for that. You know, you, you know, uh, yeah. but, but name one, do you know one person that hasn't been traumatized, real or perceived growing up? No, everybody has something that they deal with, right. but it, but. Everyone that I know that goes into psychology often has a stronger relationship to whatever their trauma is than the average person. What, and wait, wait, they what does go that mean? Into, what does that mean? 
Give me what an example. it means is like um as an example um we know a person who went into psychology because um you know his parents were like mean to him or whatever and there was a lot of fighting in his household this same right. person also uses that as an excuse for why he can't get out of bed and like go do work and be a responsible adult he studied what? psychology in college oh yeah i mean that's not everybody but normally it's the the people who go on to study psychology and get a psychology degree and then particularly go on to therapy it they they will tell you it is because of whatever trauma they de dealt with as a kid so I so I'll so I'll tell you something. The thing that concerns me, and I'm sort of segueing into something else. We're getting the high sign, and we can yeah. pick this up at the other side of the break. But it used to be when you went through therapy or went to a psychologist or a therapist or or a psychiatrist that you were not that that it was supposed to be bias neutral or polit politically neutral. You were not oh, supposed yeah. to know because if you're really doing your job, it, politics doesn't come into it. Now people actually. From what I gather, and I have some friends in the industry um, in various capacities, people actually now pick their therapists based on their political affiliation. Why not? They pick everything else based on their political affiliation, right? Oh, yeah. And, and therefore, are you really getting therapy or are you just in an echo chamber of someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear, whether it's LGBTQ or whatever? Hold that thought. Lord Benjamin says we got to go to break, and you know we always listen to the Lord Benjamin. Um Folks, I'm Robert Chernin with my lovely co-host, Eric Reddick. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals that the power of government is based on the consent of the governed, that life, the freedom to live life on our own terms in our own way, free from government interference, and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights, freedom to pray to God in our own way, freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm, and freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns, and freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please, help us continue our fight. Hello, and welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin with my and lovely co-host. I'm Erica Reddick. Yes, you are. Erica before, because I was chided on break that I didn't put in this, these promos. Where can they get us? And <laughs> please get, you know, I'm never good at that. I mean, everyone's good at something and we're not good at other things. I'm not good at that. So help me, help them. 
Well, you know, we're on the radio every Thursday at 9 a.m. in New Hampshire. You can also find us on pretty much every single podcast platform. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, Instagram. We're on all the socials. It's Of The People with Robert Chernin. Uh, And when you go, when you listen, make sure you leave us a review, like, hit the rumble button, share with your friends, whatever platform you're on, share, like, comment, because the more you engage with us, the 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 better able our message is to spread. And y'all, we need this message, these messages to spread because so many people out there are just, they, they don't know what's going on. They don't hear this messaging. Um, and, uh, the algorithm is against us. So we need you to participate. We need your help to get the word out and don't be shy. Leave us a review, leave us a message, leave us a comment. You can find Robert, uh, on Twitter, Robert, what is it's Robert Chernin on Twitter. Is that right? Where did Robert go? Oh, we're having some technical difficulties and Robert has left the feed, but I'm here. Erica Reddick, you can find me on Twitter er, at Erica Reddick, E-R-I-C-K-A-R-E-D-I-C. I'm on Generally Irritable on all the other socials, but you got Robert on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle on uh, Robert? I'm not telling you. Just <gasps> at R.B. Chernin, at R-B-C-H-E-R-N-I-N. So, and then uh, of the people with Robert Chernin on all of the socials, all of the podcast platforms, Apple is being dumb, but you can find us on like literally every other podcast. Everything platform. but Apple, but and I'm about to make Apple an offer they can't refuse. Although I guess I'll have to go out to Seattle to do that. But oh, we'll is it going to involve one of your swords? Um, I want to see if I can get that on the plane. That'd be interesting, don't you think? Oh, you know. I remember one of my instructors who went way before 9-11 uh, tried to walk on a plane and he had a few things with him and it, he had a really gorgeous sword and they wouldn't let him bring it on. I mean, it was cased, it was locked, whatever. <laughs> and, 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 they said, and they said to him, and I'll remember this, said to him, he said, you know, you can't bring that on the plane. It's a weapon. He looks at them like this and he goes, I'm a weapon and you're letting me on the plane. So, um, I want to be able to say that. Yeah, well. Um, I tried it once with a TSA guy. It didn't work really well. So I would tell funny. you, he did not think it was funny, but that's okay. No. So eh. new segment today. Last segment we're going to do. They're not paid to have a sense of humor, I suppose. No, no. Um, they are not paid to have a sense of humor. I think one of the things that has been the most annoying thing that has come out of the modern age it is the TSA. Who is with me on this? How many times have we uh, heard about, I think, when they've gotten tested or when they have, uh, you know, the secret service people go through, they have failed 100% of the time. The TSA is an absolute waste of time, waste of money, 
And if they fail 100% of the, if I failed anything I did 100% of the time, I wouldn't still have a business. I wouldn't still have a, anything. And yet they are able to continue going. So I saw I saw TSA pull a, a uh, postpartum woman out of line and made her open the breast milk containers <gasps> of of the milk, you know, and she's carrying a baby too. I'm like, I mean, let me guess, the baby was a prop. Maybe they rented the baby. Maybe they rented the baby at, at you know at the corner somewhere, or maybe there's like a baby for sale. You know, when you're entering the airport, that you can just borrow one to get through TSA. Look, TSA in theory. Look, we all understand post 9/11 why it was important because you know, obviously our security was so lax. But you know what? I like the Israeli system. If you've never been to Tel Aviv Airport, right to to Tel Aviv or to Israel. Yeah, it's human interaction. And by the way, they do racial profile and that's OK because they talk to you. They look you in the eyes. And obviously, you know, terrorists, you know, can come in all sizes and shapes. But generally speaking, they fit a certain profile. So they'll talk to you. We were in Israel and we were we were leaving. And, you know, if you've never had medjool dates out of Israel, you know, in the Middle East. So we bought a bunch of boxes and we put them in our store, in our luggage. They pulled okay. us out. And they, they wanted to look at the dates. And I, you know, I was fine. I said, why did you want to do that? He said, because that's where they, you know, that's where terrorists keep bombs. What? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, it's no dates. different than, than people who um, are trying to smuggle in drugs, put it in coffee grinds, right? Because it hides the smell uh... from the dogs and stuff. I mean, there's, there's some smart stuff going on. My point is, is that I, I applaud, you know, the, the men and women of TSA who try to do the right thing, but there's some morons. I mean, they pulled me aside once the other day, and I mean, these were two children who, you know, they, they, they pull, I have this whole bag of like wires and cables and stuff, and they pull out the clips, and they pull out everything just to look at it. I had a, a pair of, you know, I have a small goatee. I have a pair of scissors that's like this big, right? Yeah. So they pull out the scissors, and I'm like, fine, okay. I mean, I'm stupid, but whatever. They miss, I mean, I carry, I shouldn't say this, but I do have a knife. It's hidden yeah. in there. You can't figure it out. They pulled the thing out. They looked at the knife, which, which was covered in something else, and they went, oh, okay, and they just put it back. I went, all right. Oh, my God. So oh you're my like, God. you just sit there and you go, oh my God. if I can slip that aboard, what are other people slipping aboard? I mean, the ones I don't understand are the morons that just keep, you know, a, a firearm in their luggage as it's going through the x-ray machine. What did you think they were going to find? A lollipop? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, right. so new section today, new segment, I have to be corrected, called Around the Horn of News. Oh. And we'll get a better name for it. But what I really want to do, because we go through all these news articles, but some of this, yeah. I just want to, this is like a Rorschach test, okay? Okay. okay. All right. So I just want to give you a couple, I'm going to give you a heading of an article. I'm not even going into it. I'm not reading anything. I'm just going to okay. give you an article and okay. I want your reaction to it immediate reaction okay i want you don't think it um, just right spout something out okay right california library ejects a forum on men on female sports over misgendering <laughs> come on i want you to stop on thinking female sports right what do you what Wait a minute. This isn't working really well. If you're, if you're, you know, no stuttering allowed. I want your reactions to this. Well, I don't. I, I'm confused. It, 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 how do you? It's. Yeah, I got it. 
I don't The event understand. was shut down. The organized Look, they moved to a public park next door, but basically the library staff in Davis, California, kicked out this forum because it's a fair and safe space for girls. Right? It was hosted by local parents because they were misgendered. So it's now gotten to the point that if you call someone a girl in California, this is Davis, you know, UC Davis area, right? Um, so now you can't even call them a girl. I don't know what you have to call them. You, you, you I mean, what do you call you, them like what are it, vagina havers or well, or or or, or I was no, gonna say you carriers can't say of babies, that. but because no, you can't say that either because if transgender people that are so what is so what is it? So I no, don't know. excuse I, me. So, you have the answers. I don't have the answers. I just have the questions. Okay. So I don't know. Wait. So I got another one. New Jersey judge blocks three school districts from notifying parents if their gender, if their child changes their gender identity. That's sort of like Washington, don't you think? Yeah. Why doesn't this stuff happen in red states? Because red states aren't run by crazy people. <laughs> But they don't think they're crazy. That's the problem. And that's the they, problem. Nobody who's crazy thinks they're crazy. That's why it's perfectly normal for them to run around taking their clothes off, doing wild stuff, trying to set people's houses on fire. They think it's a good idea because they're crazy. Crazy can't go. identify crazy. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. New York Attorney General Letitia James threatens the schools that banned classroom materials on the pretext, quote unquote, of obscenity and lewdness. So you do you understand that they're now taking all the same arguments from the 60s and they're they're going like this with it. They're going and they're flipping them around. I mean, it's just. I mean, Wait, what's appropriate how can for a child? They, how can they take away things that, that for obscenity and lewdness when they are literally fighting for books with obscenities and lewdness? Well, but it's it's whose obscenity and lewdness. Their oh. obscenity and lewdness is okay. Our definition of obscenity and lewdness is not okay, and that's and that's the problem, right? Well, but so that's you what, remember, if you're allowing books that have pictures of 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 oral sex, what are you then gonna disapprove of? I, look, I look. The inmates clearly run the asylum. I mean. What what did Benjamin Franklin say? We tend to get the type of representative government we deserve. That's mm. a really sad statement these days. So basically, what so what's her name? Letitia. Letitia James. James, yeah, her. So it's all under DEI. So so certain parents in certain schools want to um, control. Not control is the wrong word. I guess they want to have an input into the materials that their children are taught. Again, we go back to the hey, you know, you know. You can't have any input if they want to if they want to transition from a guy to a girl and, and all that other stuff. Uh, but uh, and by the way, my own thought, if you're going to transition from a man to a woman, then you should fully transition so you can't come back. That's my attitude. Mm, yeah. Just lop commit. it off. Make a yeah. commitment. If you're right? not going to commit, then get out. Right. And I mean, so maybe the real issue in society is there's a fear of commitment. <laughs> All you men out there, right? So you yeah. can't commit to a relationship with a woman. You and obviously you can't commit to a relationship to become a woman. So I think the common denominator is fear of commitment. Don't you think? I think so. I mean, going back to the last segment, <laughs> when you can just change your gender depending uh, yeah, on how you yeah, feel yeah, or yeah, your yeah. location or whatever. 
I, you know, I mean, I used to think I knew what was going on, but I have no idea at, at this Stop point. Stop it. So, Cut it out. so by the way, if you look at the different newspapers, because I have them up, so you know, you look at like you know Breitbart, which is clearly a right wing reactionary, um, you know, Cro Magnum, you know, publication. You know, they have the normal stuff, right? Yeah. You know that Joe dozes off during the victim ceremony in Maui. Which mm. how pathetic is that? They have um, rich man. North of Richmond makes historic number one debut on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Wow. You go, folks, right? Um, yep. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you go to CNN, and the first thing, the first headline on CNN is the um, ex-Department of Justice official wants judge to block his arrest, right? Because this is in, in the Georgia thing. And the Ukraine claims an attack on the base housing Russian by supersonic bombers overnight. And then they go through all this other crap where you would think nothing else is going on in the world. I mean, it's yeah. amazing we cherry pick our news at this point. Yeah. It, you can it, tell you can tell what matters sometimes by what's not being covered. Um, so we would rather cover some absolute nonsense than legitimate problems that are going on. We're going to focus on things that don't matter or that distract are, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So So wait, I got another one headline for you. Biden's vacation under investigation after POTUS rents $18 million home from a billionaire. <laughs> What's your reaction? Come on. Come on. That dude's been on vacation 40% of his presidency. Who's surprised? Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'd be okay if he was on vacation 100% of his presidency. What's we wrong with to- that? The more, more is better. Joe, take a vacation. When are they gonna? When? Are, what is it? The Twenty Fourth Amendment, where you can call out, uh, 25th. you know, Twenty Fifth Amendment, dude. Get rid of this guy. He can't even hold a not sentence good. anymore. How is he gonna run for president again? It's not, gonna, not gonna happen. Going to. He's not gonna be the nominee. Everybody needs to just get over it. Do not donate to his campaign. Let that poor <laughs> retire with what little dignity he has left. What little dignity and all the money. I mean, he should definitely get arrested. And for he's not going to get arrested. Come on. Come on. Be real. So he's not going to get arrested. So, all right. I have to ask you. This whole Trump indictment, because Thursday is going to turn himself in in Georgia. I mean, we have to go there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you, what do you think about all that? Um, Give me I the short think- answer. I want the short answer. I'm tired of talking about Trump. Just to be honest, really? I'm I'm tired of talking about it. I want to talk so, about the stuff that you, matters in this country, and uh, we're you wanna, at war. You, you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about me? I would love. I would rather talk about <laughs> your bald head than Donald Trump. Um, we absolutely okay. need to do something about what is wrong with our judicial system. Right. This goes back to what at the last segment. Um, the judicial system is absolutely weaponized and is absolutely corrupted. And it is an absolute problem that we need to address, but we have other problems that are not being talked about and are being overshadowed. And I, and I think it's a major disservice to this country. So because I'm older than you and respect your elders, but I want you to go back and look at the presidency of Richard Nixon. Mm. Because the prism that people see Nixon through, and I'm, look, I'm not defending, you know, sort of, you know, the, the Trump people. You know, look, I liked him as a president. I will have him as a president again. I, you know, I, there's not a single policy that he put into force that I didn't think was terrific, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, yep. obviously, though, the Democrat strategy is to have Trump be the nominee and have him be so shackled, perhaps literally, mm-hmm. with four mm-hmm. indictments, you know, federal offenses that won't actually reach a verdict until after the election that he's handicapped and that and again it folks joe biden will not be the democratic nominee gavin newsom will be the democratic nominee there's some talk of michelle obama but i i would bet you 100 to 1 against it for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. um no no chance so go back and look at richard nixon and go back and look at what he he was fighting against the same things in miniature right yeah and, and really, there's now been a trove of documents on Earth that really, it was the deep state that came after Nixon, right? Yep. You know, this whole thing about Deep Throat, who was feeding information to Woodward and Bernstein, was part of the deep state. So that, because, again, Nixon was trying to take on the deep state and the administrative state. So it's the same thing. You look at, you look at Trump and the amount of incoming fire, look, he's a controversial figure, but I was proud to have him as president. I'll be proud to have him as president again. I understand why people, the fatigue. Look, I had Clinton fatigue after eight yeah. years of Bill Clinton and all these you know, nonsense fundraisers. But so what, I mean, how do you get beyond? So who wins the primary? Was that a trick? That was not a trick question. Oh, I, I don't know. Remember, this I, is a Rorschach test. Here's the deal, here's the deal. I would be happy to have uh, President Trump as the nominee as long as he can articulate a vision for America that is unifying and addresses the legitimate problems. I want to see the administrative state actually dismantled. I want to see the swamp drained. I want to hear his vision for America. And and I think that what we're, what's happening, unfortunately, is instead of talking about Joe Biden and the failures of Joe Biden, he's focusing on his himself and how he's being wronged. And I, I just think it's the wrong messaging to win the middle of America, independence. He needs to do a better job of articulating why we should be voting for him other than his grievances, although they are bad. He needs to be focused on Biden and why Biden sucks and why the Democrats suck. So he just needs to change his messaging. I'll give you one number and then one, two words. 7% and the economy. Mm. Mortgage rates have now hit 7% on average. Mm. Some are higher in this country. It's yeah. the highest mortgage rates in 20 years. It's The housing industry is going to tank. And so will the those other two words, the economy. Because James Carville was right. It's the economy, stupid. Yep. And at some point, I would love to, with you or someone else, have what I call the great entitlement debate because on fiscal irresponsibility, two-thirds of the federal budget goes toward Medicaid, uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Yep. And obviously Social Security. So we're only farting around with the other third of it anyway. But I think going back to the Trump thing, Trump needs to focus on the economy. There's a metric out there, and I don't have it up, about compare, you know, are you better off four years, you know, with Trump than you were with Biden? Look at look at the price of gas. Look at the interest rates. Look at the cost of living increase. Look at your wallet and pocketbooks and your, your 401k, folks. You know, who are you happier with? Not that money or polit- not that money or the economy is, is all that matters, but people generally vote their pocketbooks. Yeah. So 
That's you know what? Right. This went really quick. Lord Benjamin is giving us, we got to go. So Erica, do me a favor. Do the close today, please. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Follow us wherever you are listening. And most importantly, y'all, get out there. Get involved. Stay informed. So I, we back. are of the people with Robert Chernin and myself, Erica Reddick. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, folks. See you next week. Yeah.